Bienvenue, you are now listening to the Eva Paris podcast. This year, our podcast will feature conversations on diversity, inclusion, and disability. My name is Claudia Stefani, and I will be your host for the show. Today, we are going to have a deeper conversation about Indonesian beauty standards and how the fashion and beauty industry should react. Our first guest is Marcella Margaret, who is the founder of Semilir, a sustainable Indonesian local fashion brand inspired by Indonesia's diverse cultural heritage. And our second guest is Irena Atalia, who previously worked at Female Daily, Indonesia's largest and number one beauty destination, where she put in an e-commerce section called Beauty Studio, a new site where people can buy makeup and skincare from the Indonesian local beauty brands. Both of them will discuss everything related to the Indonesian beauty standards, as well as giving their own perspective and talk over the topic of diversity and inclusivity in the international fashion industry. Welcome to the show, Marcella and Iran. What comes to your mind when we talk about beauty standards? Generally speaking, beauty is an asset for women, and beauty plays an important role in developing women's self-esteem and self-confidence, while it also influences how they value themselves as a person. Due to these reasons, here comes a standard of beauty that is different from each of the countries and changed gradually over time. The traditional value is being replaced by social media and online advertisement, and as a result, the conception of beauty was mostly shaped by social media, and society is heavily influenced by what we see in the media. Furthermore, the racist beauty ideals that favor light skin tones and discriminate against darker skin tone are still everywhere. The problem of body shape is also still a major issue for women. It is something that a majority of women struggle with, as many believe their size is too big, too skinny, or even too curvy. Even though people would say that they have a perfect body, deep down in their hearts, they know that it's not enough. The trending norm of unrealistic beauty standards has developed lots of problems, such as mental health issue, identity issue, some have committed suicide, drink unknown supplements, detox teas, diet pills, and many else. These examples define that there is an urge to use everything just to be fitted in society. Specifically in Indonesia, there is still a lack of understanding about diversity and inclusion. A strong stigma in society that the beauty standard in Indonesia focuses on skin color and body proportion are so attached to Indonesian people. Even though some local fashion and beauty brands have started to embrace diversity and inclusivity added to their product line, we believe most Indonesian people still don't aware of the importance of self-acceptance on your own body shape and skin color. Where did this all start to go wrong? Where do these beauty standards come from? How this standard is projected? Is the beauty industry the one that has to be blamed for selling various products of widening, slimming, that dominate the landscape of the beauty industry? Or are they only working to meet the market demand? We will have an answer from our conversation today. To open up our conversation, I would like to address the fact that Indonesians are made up of hundreds or even thousands of ethnic groups. And most people say that Indonesian women are beautiful 
they're best looking, and they're also attractive. In your personal opinion, what does it mean to be beautiful? Well, for me, beautiful is not only limited to physical thing, but yeah, it's beyond that. Um, yeah. Or maybe we all know uh, the term of inner beauty. So yeah. someone could be blessed with a pretty face, with perfect body proportion, but if she or he doesn't have uh, self-confidence, or yeah, they don't have good manner, I think um, they would be less beautiful than someone who has more uh, inner beauty. <laughs> uh, to me, uh, I think at this age, I think I've grown to understand that being beautiful means being confident. I think um, I've understand uh, I've understood more now that beauty really does come in all shapes and sizes and uh, the way uh, we can perceive beautiful is just confidence. I think uh, anyone who is confident can, you know, look beautiful without having to look a specific type. But when yeah. I was like younger uh, and I haven't really seen and studied all that much, um, I think I thought that being beautiful in Indonesia really just meant being like proportional size, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't be like um it's not necessarily too skinny but like just proportional like you were not too tall and not too short so it's just like yeah. it, that's what that's what's embedded in my brain when I was younger. I definitely agree with both of your perspective about what makes women beautiful. But if we're discussing it in general terms, how about the Indonesian beauty standard? What is the standard, or we can say a stigma, of beauty that Indonesian people themselves create? Um, in Indonesia, we're, we're more comfortable if uh, we have like white, fair skin and yeah. like uh, slim body type. The beauty standard in Indonesia is definitely uh, leaning towards like the European and just other than Indonesians. But yeah. you can't be too anything. So I feel like I have heard some comments that like being too fair-skinned is also frowned upon and being too tall is also frowned upon. So it's like the European and uh, more like I think Southern Asian um, mm -hmm. looking, but um, just not too overflowing anything, you know? So just yeah. kind of proportional but um, I don't think that the um, uh, general Indonesian beauty standard refers to the Indonesia how Indonesians look themselves. So they, I think, they really idolize um, European people and mostly Korean now. You know, Korean. Yeah, it's because the current trends right now is talking all about the Koreans' fashion, Koreans' music, everything about Korean is just so booming right now. Yeah. If we're digging more about the history of Indonesian beauty standards, where do these beauty standards come from? It came from being like the far down the history when we were like colonized. So I think yeah. uh, we sort of see um, the people from, uh, from out of our country as we just immediately yeah. perceive them as cooler. And yeah. uh, we're so immersed in like international media. And I think um, maybe you agree, but uh, when I was younger, I was definitely uh, consuming 
international media as well. So that was what I saw on the media. That was what I perceived as beautiful, you know, just European people and people who are not Indonesian. I just immediately thought that they were more beautiful than Indonesians. <laughs> It's also how women especially kind of was perceived in those media as well. I think uh, yeah. uh, they were perceived as um, men really uh, like these kind of these type of women that look this certain way. And so, yeah. you know, when we were little, that was sort of the thing that was important. I feel like that, yeah. uh, you know, boys like this and such. So I think um, women just want to feel beautiful and they want to achieve the standard to feel beautiful. So because that uh, that's what we saw from the early age, that's what we understand that, you know, I have to look uh, fair skinned and thin to like European yeah. people to be beautiful. I can say it's quite different from your own perspective compared to the stigma of beauty in Indonesia generally. And I also believe we are familiar with some statements and stigma about the beauty standard in Indonesia. As we all know, there are um, various of standards and stigma around in the society. So what is your opinion on this statement? The beauty standard in Indonesia focuses on the skin color and body proportion. Everybody desires to have a fair skin and a skinny look as it is the beauty stigma in Indonesia. I disagree at all. Um, yeah, because me, myself, I, yeah, I, I, I'm born with a slightly darker color than the average okay. Indonesian. Well, um, Yeah, I'm I'm from a Chinese descent, so usually um, we have whiter skin than most Indonesian. But for me, no, I have darker skin. Um, okay, so it's kind of different. Yeah, yeah, but I never, I never feel um, embarrassed. I love it the way I am. Sadly, I have to agree on that one. <laughs> I think uh, the beauty standard in Indonesia uh, still f- focuses too much on that, you know, on being f- having fair skin yeah. and a skinny look. And it's just idolized, I think, even now, uh, even though, um, as I said, uh, things have quite changed, really, when since when we were younger. But um, I would have to say that most people still uh, <laughs> still... Um, w- still want to achieve that fair skin and skinny look. So it's still like the beauty standard nowadays, sadly. If we're looking at um, various ethnicities in Indonesia, it also has an impact on the different skin colors. Let's say there are some people who have like lighter skin. We can say it in Indonesia, it's a kuning langsat, mm-hmm. more of the brown skin and some with the darker skin. Due to this beauty stigma, How can Indonesians believe that being white or having Caucasian descent makes you more beautiful? I myself, I had, I have quite uh, a browner skin, and it's it was definitely darker when I was young. And um, from my personal experience, I think people just associate be, having dark skin with being dirty. You know, I don't know how that yeah. came to be, but uh, people just assume that I don't take care of myself because I have a darker skin when, th- when that's not true at all. So I think, and it's not uh, a great feeling to have people point that out, 
So I think people just want to throw that feeling away. So they want to be white and have a Caucasian, um, you know, descent to be that in order to feel beautiful because they just reject the idea that being dark skin can be beautiful. Um, I think it's because if you have white skin or having a Caucasian uh, descent, it means that uh, you're from like upper class or so where you don't have to work uh, outdoor because um, in Indonesia, they think that if you have dark skin, it means that you come from a middle low class where you have to work outside. In this case, um, most of them uh, doing a hard labor works. So you're getting exposed with the sun that caused the dark skin. How is the beauty standard projected? Because in Indonesian media, as we as we were previously discussing before, Eurasian-looking actresses are very popular. And in addition, in here, Indonesia, the current trend, which is the Korean music and also the Korean fashion, has also created an impact on the beauty standard. I think the standard is projected um, with... You know, sometimes when you watch just like a regular TV show... Uh, Yep. Indonesian people are often playing the roles that are um, socially in a lower class than Euro- like European people or like Korean people. Yeah. They are just automatically put into a lower class because they're Indonesian, which is quite funny because it's an Indonesian <laughs> TV show, you know. But uh, I think yeah. it's just projected that way that you're uh, that being... Um, mixed race with European and other uh, countries. Well, Caucasian descent is, um, they are more beautiful and they are like richer and they have better looking clothes. So I think it's just, um, it just gets um, spread around more and more that being Caucasian is the only way to, for you to look beautiful in Indonesia, you know. have previously discussed about the Indonesian beauty standard in general. Furthermore, we are going to talk through the stigma for different skin color and body image in Indonesia. So, um, when Indonesian women are engaged in the conversation, mostly the first thing that they ask to open the discussion is, are you getting fatter? Is your skin getting darker? So, have you experienced these questions before? And What is your opinion towards this kind of issue? Yeah, of course, uh, I've experienced it before. Um, but yeah, I either ignore it or answer them with sarcastic answers. Maybe those questions were supposed to be like uh, uh, an icebreaker questions, but many of us don't realize that people could get offended or sad or even depressed with those questions. Again, I sadly have experienced this before. Uh, well, I think it's just, um, I don't know. Maybe it has uh, something to do with the way we were raised, essentially. I think we just want to feel better about ourselves. And when we see, because we were, we're so used to um, identifying fair skin and like thin as beautiful when you feel someone getting fatter or like getting their skin or get, is getting darker you just you're just um trained to kind of feel better about yourself 
and you know it's in my yeah. opinion it's not it's not great definitely i'm not proud yeah, i'm not proud it's, it's that it's definitely i'm definitely not proud that it's still happening in indonesia but um yeah i think deep down they just want to feel better about themselves and sadly they have to do that by putting other people down how about in a foreign country in your opinion does the beauty standard especially correlated with skin color are different from indonesia i think foreign people especially the western are more self-conscious about body shaming issue but it doesn't mean that they have zero case Because until these days, you still find bullying cases everywhere and uh, the depression and suicidal numbers also are so high. And if we're talking about Asian countries such as Korean and Japan, I think they still have similar issue with Indonesia. I think some countries uh, are going to the same thing. I think, I don't know why, but having darker skin color just in people's mind, it just makes you like lesser. Um I've I think I've ex- experienced like foreign stares in other countries but um I haven't really had the experience of living in a in another country for like a month or more so it's definitely not something that strangers kind of perceive I haven't gotten that in other countries but I'm not sure what is going on with like um a more personal relationship but um the way the way uh the th- from the things that i know um i think other countries still have the same problem they just uh perceive that being fair skinned and being thin is just like the ultimate goal you know like it's a, it's like yeah. they're having yeah. a model like figure is just the epitome yeah. of being beautiful do you agree that having darker skin is the very negative and sometimes raises insecurity among indonesian people that has a darker skin yes uh, um yeah i think uh you know looking into my personal experiences and my friends the way that we talk about it i think people are just people just get insecure when they well for example when they go uh to a holiday to like a let's say to bali and you're bound to come back looking darker yeah. and people just kind of people just love pointing that out <laughs> they're like more tan and they look darker yeah and it's never in a positive light so i think that's why yeah. it raises insecurity i think nobody wants to feel put down but um having darker skin just automatically does that so it seemed it it's it's still a, lo- a lot of people still view it as very like negative and yeah. i think that's why darker skin people usually are very insecure about their um how their skin looks so let's imagine that you're living in a foreign country and you have a plus size body will you experience insecurity within your body image Um, I think it is uh, less here in foreign country okay. than in Indonesia because, uh, yeah, you can uh, get easier access to uh, cute dresses, uh, yeah. cute top. And yeah, that's I think it's it's harder to find those um, those clothes in Indonesia. Mm, yes, definitely. In a foreign country also, we have kind of 
a different height. I think Asian people are yeah. uh, not as tall as, let's say, European people. Yeah. So, like, being plus size is just, it just makes you stand out more. And um, yeah. especially being plus size, I think people just associate it with not being healthy and not taking care of yourself and, and yeah. not loving yourself and not wanting to look great, you know, when mm -hmm. sometimes it's yeah. just not the case. But uh, yeah. I definitely, I'm not as confident as I know I want to be. So if I'm, I was a plus size in another country, I would actually feel insecure. Overall, we understand more about the Indonesian beauty stigma related to the skin color, body image, and the origin of this stigma through our conversation before. Then, we're going to discuss social media that also influence the stigma in society. Marcella and Iran will speak from their perspective of Indonesian local brands and Indonesian beauty industry. If you take a look on the various social media, especially on Instagram, you will see that there are many advertisements about supplements and herbal drinks that promote the ideal body result without considering the health risks. Even some girls believe that the less food intake, the better weight that they will have. We also know that some of the advertisement coming from the less known brands that are selling products that resembles people's obsession for the Indonesian beauty standard using the hashtag Jual Plangsing Peninggi and Jual Plangsing. So considering all of the advertisement around the social media as well as from the less known brands which sell the unknown products to make Indonesian people fit with the beauty stigma, why do they feel ashamed of having a plus size body? I think because if you're skinny, your life would be easier. You won't be judged as much. And you can wear or, yeah, just shop clothes easily without worrying if it's going to fit or not. Plus, they want an instant result. Instead of going into proper diet and exercise, um, they, yeah, they, they consume uh, those cheap... Uh, yeah brand so they they feel ashamed because people do judge you like if you go to malls restaurants they will stare at you and that's very uncomfortable based on my research one of the most popular products with the highest revenue are whitening products so this kind of indicates that there are lots of the demands from the Indonesian market that desire to have a fairer skin what is your opinion towards the urge to use the widening products to fit in society amongst Indonesian women? I think it's just scary because the things that I know about yeah. widening products, like it's not it's not good for your skin. But, you know, like the yeah. desire to fit in is so big that you just kind of you push away the fear to in order to look a certain way. And I really think that it's scary Definitely because uh, so much of social media's um, users are really young girls, young girls. And mm -hmm. so I think they don't necessarily have the wisdom to choose um, the products or look into the ingredients that they're putting on their skin. But they, the thing that they yeah. want to do is they just want to look and feel beautiful essentially and to... Well, for social media, maybe you just want to get follows and want to get likes. And I feel like that's a scary thing to think about. But um, as you said, yeah. there are still so much demand for it. 
that they keep selling yeah. it. So it's it's quite scary to think about. We all realize that skin widening advertisements dominate the landscape of Indonesia's magazine. Most of the company's advertisement are using like mostly negative connotations for the darker skin, which leads to the audience of those advertisements perceiving the idea that a wider skin tone is somewhat more beautiful compared to the darker skin tone. Is the beauty industry the one to blame by selling various products of the widening, slimming products, skin widening advertisements that dominate the landscape of the beauty industry? Or are they only working to meet the marketing? I think it's just a very hellish circle, right? Like it's a cycle. They sell it and more people buy it. So there's more demand for it. And it's just if I think... Um, the companies and society need to work together for it to change. But definitely, I think, especially with um, companies that are just starting out, they definitely do it to meet market demand, obviously, because it's, it's, I think like it's more easy to sell whitening products or like slimming products because it's, it's, uh, as we talked about, it's a stigma. Like there's already a market, there's already yeah. a demand for it. So it's just easy to put on um, a product like that. And I guess yeah. we can say that um, it's to blame. But um, in another, uh, like in the other side, we know that companies are just there to make some money, right? So it's not <laughs> just to yeah the product yeah so money. it's like it's the simple way of saying it they just want to make money so i guess they're half to blame but i don't think that it they're necessarily the only ones yeah. to, to blame because society still wants being beautiful as viewed as just having fair skin yeah. so i'm not sure if only one side can be blamed about this problem but yeah, that's the situations now. So that's pretty scary. Yeah. Well, we cannot put all the blame only into uh, the, the beauty industry. But if you ask me if they uh, have uh, a role or they play a role, yes, of course. Um, but yeah, I think it's because they try to sell what the market wants. After having a discussion about Indonesian beauty stigma related to the skin color and body proportion, how the Indonesian people who have darker skin and plus size body are seen by society, the whitening advertisement and slimming advertisement that are currently growing in the market, we would like to discuss furthermore about diversity and inclusivity in the international fashion industry. Let's hear Marcella's and Iran's opinion on this issue. The international fashion industry has long been called out for cultural appropriation, racist advertising, and its blatant lack of diversity across campaigns, catwalks, and behind the lens, while women of color are rarely represented on the catwalk or in the fashion campaigns and often reproduce um, racist ideologies in plain sight. What is the wake-up call for the international fashion industry for starting to implement the inclusivity and diversity? I think uh, one of the biggest wake-up call is when they found out that so many models are underweight and suffer from eating disorder to fit size zero. Plus, uh, a lot of people uh, starting to to talk about 
yeah, basically it's not realistic. Not a lot of people are size zero. So I think that's that's yeah. the biggest uh, wake up call. If we're talking about ethnicity, I think fashion industry already addressing the diversity since long time ago. That's why we have Naomi Campbell, Tyra Banks, Suihe, Liuan, and many more. But for body type, uh, body shape, uh, yes, they finally starting to be more diverse. Not not only in catwalk, but also in campaign shots. Do you think that inclusivity and diversity should go beyond just offering an opportunity for the plus size model or black model to walk on the runway? Yes, I think everybody should be given the same opportunities despite their race or body type or even religion. The international beauty industry often neglects the needs of many of its fast and varied consumer base, especially consumers with darker skin tone. Why is there still lack of diversity and inclusivity in the beauty industry? And what is the wake-up call for the beauty industry in regards to inclusivity? To me, I think it's because um, for so long, like, having your being european descent and having that fair skin and really thin figure like a model is just it's just the standard you know there are like the the progress nowadays i feel like they can't forget that it's been uh it's been the stigma and it's been like the image for beautiful for like literally centuries you know and the progress that we have made in recent years i feel like they can't really beat that right now because more people refer to uh beautiful as that as being european as being um as being thin and so i think the lack of diversity comes from there's just this awful thought that uh they won't have an audience for giving out diverse products which is uh, completely yeah. not true, but it's still it, it's still yeah. the thought I feel like with a lot of uh, prod- uh, brands in the beauty industry. And well, the great thing is I think more and more um, local brands, especially I think in Indonesia, are starting to yeah. um, realize that for a lot of years there are these. Um, there are many groups of people that are haven't been included in the discussion of the beauty industry, not even yeah. only about skin color, but like, let's say people with disability and like people who have um, other skin conditions. And we're so lucky nowadays because we're right in that um, revolution, let's say for like out of a better world. I think yeah. people are starting to realize that there are more definitions of beautiful than what we have known so far. So I think uh, definitely yeah. the wake up call is to see these brands that offer products for uh, diverse people actually doing well. There are actually yeah. people who yeah. buy the products, obviously, because they've been left out for so long. And I don't think enough people realize that diversity is important that just um including everyone is important because uh, definitely now we see that it's not just for people who are beautiful essentially like makeup is just not people who are uh, originally beautiful like everyone can wear makeup especially nowadays i think like they're it's starting to uh they're starting to view men who wear makeup in a positive light you know so there's 
there's like this, there's a lot of things that we haven't covered and it's so important because, well, the world is changing, I think essentially, and it's so important to yeah. make everyone uh, experience makeup and beauty and skincare and things. So yeah. it's not the time anymore, I feel like, to left out anyone anymore. And I'm also starting to think that it's just not cool anymore to left out anyone. And especially with the progress and with the movements that's going on, it's definitely going in a positive direction. But I feel I also yeah. definitely feel that not enough brands are doing it and taking it as serious as they should be. Okay, so I believe you're familiar with Fenty Beauty, which offers 40 different shades of foundation. And after that, having noticed the strong consumer demand for more inclusive products, makeup brands begin launching an increasing number of foundation lines with a broader shade range. In your opinion, do you think a reason why makeup brands have started to launch various foundation shades is due to the competitive pressure created by Fenty Beauty? Or is it because they are truly aware of this problem? I think there are definitely brands who just want to ride the wave because they see Fenty Beauty uh, doing so well with uh, a diverse audience. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can um, like we can see that through uh, if they launch only with like say three shades and then they immediately add a few more. I think they they uh, just know recently that it's a it's a like they can sell a diverse product uh and so they mm -hmm. add the more shades and more um they for a wider audience as sort of like an afterthought and but there are also yeah. i think some uh new brands that already set diversity as part of their vision and as part of their brand identity yeah. So let's say, um, I know that Selena Gomez also released like a makeup brand. It's called Rare Beauty. And I think yeah. from the beginning, she made sure that the brand kind of has that image that it's for everyone with all different kind of skin tones. And so there are definitely brands that are realizing this as well. And they are deeming it as important. But there are also some it's more easier for bigger brands to just ride the wave you know because they already have this um yeah. loving audience of what they are but for a certain group only because mm -hmm. previously they only have products for like european looking skin but now to ride that wave of like yeah. inclusivity and gender equality they can add those shade range as an afterthought so Uh, I think it's a it's um fifty fifty <laughs> it's a fifty fifty thing. Like there's I don't think all brands realize the importance of it. But I am I I also want to say that I don't think we can dismiss these new brands that are uh they want to yeah yeah that they accept okay. this inclusivity and they want to put out that it is important, you know, because that's such a good thing. And do you think that inclusivity and diversity should go beyond just offering the foundation shades? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, as we know that uh, with gender equality and whatever, I think it's so important to um, set out these products for uh, 
let's say different genders like with uh with different skins and with different backgrounds because i think i see some difference between um the local products that i buy in indonesia and the ones that are like international brands because it was made for different skins yeah. from all over the world you know and they just want to suit the country that they're from essentially and i think um there are a lot more to offer than just foundation shades because i know that there are uh, some discussions nowadays about like skin conditions like uh, makeup that are safe for skin conditions like let's say psoriasis and like sensitive skin so not just the shades and there are such deep layer to it that i think needs attention also In the last section of our podcast, we will hear Marcella's personal opinion towards the diversity and inclusivity and the impact on her business Semilir, as well as Iran's working experience at Female Daily related with how the Indonesian beauty brands have already started to embrace diversity and inclusivity. Alright, so as a founder of Semilir, How about your personal opinion towards the diversity and inclusivity problem itself? Are you aware of this problem and start to raise inclusivity and diversity in your business? For Semilir, uh, instead of following Indonesian standard sizing, which usually smaller than international sizing, we use UK size, um, of course, with some adjustments, so all body type can wear our products. We also allow our customers to do pre-order. So for example, We have an all-size outerwear, but it's still too small for a certain customer. We can offer them to make bigger size for them. Or let's just say if our extra large size still doesn't fit, again, we offer them yep. uh, to pre-order bigger size that fit them as long as they want to wait. We always try to find um, uh, a unique model. Uh, I think we can say it like that. For instance, uh, a darker skin model, with the curly hair that kind of that that type of model instead of um yeah the the standard models that people usually use are there any impacts on your sales after you're trying to cover like the products which is also fit for the plus size body mm, yes definitely um so <laughs> uh, when people started to realize that our sizing uh, are bigger than local sizing Actually, our big size stocks are sold faster than our small size. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's really to represent that um, you have a huge target market also for the plus yeah. size body. Previously, you worked in one of the top Indonesian beauty media. And are they already aware of this problem and trying to raise inclusivity and diversity in their It's safe to say that it's talked about in the employees that work there. I think everyone is very aware with this problem. Um, but I don't think that, especially with brands and with e-commerce sites that are just launching... They have the luxury to have yeah. a standard of the things that they want to sell because obviously they need um, sales and they need yeah. revenue. So it's a, they are aware of the problem, but I don't think they are already on at that point that they can or they want to do something about it. 
if we're discussing about diversity and inclusivity, it's also strongly related to the, to the discrimination case. We all know that various cases of discriminations from all around the world, specifically in here, we say in the fashion and also in the beauty industry. So is there any discriminations towards people of color in the cosmetic industry? Because I know that most of the Indonesian local, local makeup products are not overt in extensive shades range for deep skin tone compared to the shade range that are available for lighter complexions. So do the Indonesian cosmetics already started to embrace that? Definitely not enough because I think uh, they're starting to realize that there are, you know, there are more skin tones in Indonesia than just three skin tones that they usually offer. There are a lot yeah. darker skin. But again, I don't think that they, um, Indonesians especially, they care enough about the discriminations that's happening in Indonesia. I think it's so easy to kind of switch that mindset to, uh, you know, discriminations having ha- happening in, let's say, America because it's so, like, it's so happening in the yeah. news right now. But in Indonesia in itself, I don't think a lot of uh, beauty brands pay attention with the different skin colors in Indonesia because I know that some skin tones from ethnicities, let's say like from uh, Maluku or from Papua, they're definitely like on the darker skin uh, tones, darker skin range. But I don't think there are enough yeah. products that offer that uh, many choices for these women so I so they usually still yeah. opt for the international brands that that uh, you mentioned like Fenty Beauty like it's yeah. so known for embracing that embracing the darker skin colors but for Indonesian people and Indonesian yeah. brands I don't think they're starting to embrace diversity all that much but um they're definitely I I think I've seen a lot of brands definitely starting on that like uh, seeing diversity and seeing darker skin is beautiful, but definitely, I think, not enough. If we're talking about the brands that already started to embrace the diversity, how about their advertisement? Are they implementing like the diverse advertising, especially on the social media marketing strategy? Um, yes, I think um, definitely maybe with like model use. I think uh, a lot of brands right now yeah. are opting for uh, models with like darker skin tones and also um, different skin tones because usually you just go from fair skin to brown skin. But nowadays you have a lot more uh, option with yeah. like yellow undertone and um, all that um, different products. And um, I think with having the model as kind of the... Uh, spokesperson I guess you can say about these brands they're trying to um, reach a newer audience and a wider audience that can resonate with this model with these models and they want to I feel like it gives out the message that um, they are using they view these skin tones these different skin tones also as beautiful because they are the face of the brand itself and I think it is. It has definitely worked. I think for some um, some well-known lo- local brands, but then again, it's just more social media. I think because if, especially because like the advert uh, advertisement on TV nowadays is not uh, like they don't have a wider uh, the wide audience as you can have on social media. 
And also, I think uh, newer brands right now target a lot of young people. And I think young people use social media more than they view TV, right? On social media, it's already been implemented. But on TV, I still see a lot of um, brands that are offering that, you know, whitening products and thinning products like it's nothing. But yeah, so it's quite a different thing in social media and TV. But I, I've been seeing some um, inclusivity and diversity been promoted on social media. So that's a good thing. To sum up our conversation today with Marcella and Irene, we asked them how to change people's mindset that beauty doesn't have to be white and skinny. And let's hear their answers. Well, it is definitely not an instant process, but I think before we change people's mindset, we can start uh, with changing ourselves first. Be more aware of what we say and try to be more encouraging to people instead of being negative. Avoid asking physical related questions or commenting on others' looks. And also try to not stare at people, either because they're plus size or they're wearing unique clothing or for any other reasons. Not only is not polite, um, but also believe me that people that you're staring at, they know you're staring at them. More people just really have to stand up, essentially, and just not care about what the stigma is about Indonesian beauty uh, right now. Because um, it's such a good thing to see a lot more influencers be proud of their Indonesian descent and be proud of um, how their skin looks and how they look, uh, their bodies and their faces look. And so that's a good thing. But definitely, I also think that the brands need to work harder as well because uh, I think Indonesians are just not proud of themselves as who they are. And I think that's what the brands need to work on and that's what us as a society needs to work on because Indonesians is so diverse, as you said earlier on, right? There are there are like so many skin tones and so many ethnicities and it's all so beautiful and even other countries view us as beautiful, but we ourselves can't see it. So there, it's definitely still a long, long way to go because I feel like there are so many things to tend for, like education even, like we're so used to... Um, looking at advertisements with Europeans and stuff. And we don't really see that in school. We don't see that Indonesian people viewed as beautiful. So I think every aspect in society needs to work on that seriously. I think the beauty brands need to work for um, viewing diversity as more beautiful. And we as a society needs to perceive that and be proud of ourselves as well. Both society and the fashion industry have to work together side by side to change the stigma of beauty. We all have to accept, embrace, and be proud of ourselves, no matter how it looks, because being beautiful means that you are confident with your own body, since beauty comes in all sizes, shapes, and colors. On the other hand, the fashion industry has to find a way to implement 100% of diversity and inclusivity in every aspect of its business. For example, 
in their marketing strategy, hiring and recruitment process, diverse workforce, inclusive culture, and many else. Thank you so much, Marcella and Iran, for your sharing. And thank you so much for joining me today and sharing with our listeners your experience and also your opinion on the Indonesian fashion and beauty standards, as well as the international fashion and beauty industry. As we conclude, where can our listeners find you all, either on social or on podcast? You can uh, find Semilir uh, on Instagram. It's at Semilir Semilir. Or you can also find okay. us um, through our website, semiliarsemiliar.com. Okay. Or if you okay. want to um, shop offline, we also have a store uh, in yep. Bali and in Singapore. Okay. And uh, if you're in Jakarta, you can find us in Grand Indonesia, Alun-Alun. Uh, my social media is all Irene Atalia. So it's just my name. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Marcella and Irene. We also included in the description as well as a link for you to take a look at Marcella's brand, Semilir, and Irene's social media account. Thank you so much. We enjoy having you all in our show. To sum up our conversation today with Marcella and Irene, We ask them how to change people's mindset that beauty doesn't have to be white and skinny. And let's hear their answers.